you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jade Green. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thank you so much for having me, Mads. This is awesome. Excellent. Unbelievable enough, Jade, some people around the world still don't know who you are. Would you mind doing <laughs> a quick introduction and letting them know? Ah, where are these people been hiding? Hiding under rocks. Uh, so who am I? I say that I am equal parts tomboy, girly girl, and entrepreneur. Uh, I am often... Before COVID, I was often found flying in from Bali or some exotic location with uh, my surfboard bag used as a as a suitcase, wearing sky-high heels and rushing to run a personal development course after running a business accelerator somewhere awesome in the world. Um, I identify mainly as a transformational teacher, spiritual being, learning junkie, uh, and just a surfer at heart. So... With me, I'd say, what else do you need to know? What else do you need to know about me? It, it was a good, a good start, at least. So <laughs> hopefully we'll get to know a little bit more through the podcast. Yeah. So you basically specialize in really helping put structure on people's life, right? So you work a lot with people around creating what you call a deal week. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about what that's about? Yeah. So what I found uh, from being a business owner myself, I, I've, what am I up to? I think this is my fifth business. So I've been running businesses for the last 21 years. And the key thing I found is having an ideal week is what allows us to still live our life, not just grind away and be stuck on the, the hamster wheel with running our business. Because too many business owners, they started their business because they thought they were going to have more time and freedom. And then they were like, oh no, I was better off with a job. <laughs> and I think the difference that, that there is for people transitioning to their own businesses versus a job is in a job, we had a little bit more structure and we, we had a plan and we also were able to knock off more. So when work was done, you didn't have like the million other things still going on in your head. It was just like, okay, finish for the day or finish for the weekend and then come back. So creating an ideal week plan is really around going, okay, it helps you overcome the overwhelm as well, right? I wish I had one of my boards here. We'll unpack every little thing you need to do in your life as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, your personal stuff, your business stuff, your admin stuff, your family, but also anything that you're trying to work towards. And then it's about creating a plan that you don't always get to stick to it. It's called ideal but that structures a way that you can get into deep work and deep flow and cultivate your flow states and not forget to do what's important because what's really important is that we still fill our own cups because too many business owners are burnt out. They are trying to serve from a place where there's no, nothing left to serve from. You need to serve from overflow. So it's about making and scheduling that time. And the ideal week calendar just is a perfect way for doing that. So you, you kind of mentioned that people only have like a million things to think about. How do you get down to just a million? How do, I, how do you get down to just a million? Grouping. 
<laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Group some things together. Um, but it's it's funny because when you when you do write it down, I find it, you actually think that there's way more. But when you do get down what you actually need to do, you ah maybe there isn't as many things. And when I do it with my clients, it's about okay, what do we keep, delete, and delegate, or what do you? Uh, start doing, stop doing, and um, really what you can iterate. So when you look at the list, you go, actually, do I have to be doing all that stuff? And we say, if it's something that's a $10 an hour problem, it shouldn't be something done by the business owner. Half the time you can get the task done for four bucks an hour. So it's really going, what, what is my highest best use? And is this really a me problem? Or is this something that I should be getting someone else to do? I love it. That's uh, very, very similar to what I always talk with people about in terms of, you know, making sure you constantly increase the value of what you're doing. So yeah. that uh, totally, totally agree on that. Okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's super interesting. And how, how do you usually work with clients on that? Like, I'm, I'm just curious in the approach, like how do, how do they get started and, you know, what's, yeah. what's sort of the approach? So firstly, what I literally get them to do is sit down with either a giant piece of paper or I like to use whiteboards just because I'm eco and I don't, I, uh, I try to use things that are reusable and literally go, right, okay, let's think about everything you've done in the last week, every little task, every little thing, and let's write it down. And let's think of all of the things in the next week that you know you need to do, get it all down. Like, you know, even the shitty things like clean the house, do the washing, get groceries, take kid to soccer read emails, respond to text messages, reply to friends, like really get it all out. And then think, then think through what are the things that you'd really like to do or that you think you should do like exercise or read a book or do the course that you said you're going to do or do the course that you bought eight months ago and have never opened Yeah, because you're just too busy doing it and get that list out. Then what I do is I actually teach people around the different energies that um, you need to be in, the frequency you need to be in based on the type of tasks that you're doing. So, yeah. for example, I, I work in the wealth dynamics system with Roger, like Roger James Hamilton stuff as a performance and flow consultant. And yeah. with that, we, we understand the profiles, we understand the energies of the different things. So if you were going to be doing sales stuff or on a podcast or you're turning up to a networking event, you would want to be in your blaze energy. So if you're doing calls and things like that, you want to be in blaze energy, which is that real people, people energy fire. Um, it's kind of also known as the, the summer, um, the summer season. So that's like upbeat, really out there. And sometimes that's a hard place for some people to get to, especially if they're an introvert. So they need to think about how would you cultivate the environment to get yourself into that zone. For me, I'm very blaze as a, as a person. That's my profile. For me to sit down and do accounting and reconciling bank accounts, I don't do those things anyway, but even checking the stuff that my assistant has done or my accountant, like I, I rang my accountant just before. I'm like, I think I got a letter to pay the tax stuff. What do I need to do? And he's like, pay the amount on the bottom of the thing. I'm like, can't you just tell me this? Just give me the bank details. Um, like, I have to be, to be in that zone, I have to have no distraction. I can't be on any calls with anyone. I can't be on any podcasts because I get too high vibe and I can't sit down and just stare at a screen and do boring steel-based 
uh, metal energy tasks. I need to be the calm music and my focus oils on and like not facing this way with my light sitting over here. So I need to know what and batch it together so that you get in flow. Cause once you're in that state, you want to do as many of those tasks while you're in that state as possible. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I teach similar things, but a, a little bit a different way around. Right. So my, my, sort of main philosophy is really you should be doing sort of more majority of the stuff that you're naturally good at. So the way I look at it from, from my point of view is that basically all the detail oriented stuff you want to be doing as little as is possible if it's not naturally your strength. Right. I try um, to do none of it. I don't even open my own. E- I, I have two email accounts. I don't even know the password for. Excellent. <laughs> That's the way it should be. My assistant just sends me a WhatsApp photo or she ring, she's like, okay, I'll read it to you. And then you just dictate back. <laughs> yeah. But that, and that, that's exactly how I, how I look at things. Right. Because I think, I think fundamentally way too many people waste away because they spend so much energy working on things they're not naturally good at, which in the end ends up meaning that, you know, they get drained, they get, they get hopeless because they're like, Oh, I can't figure out this bookkeeping. I can't, you know, I always do it wrong. I suck. And, and they basically end up draining themselves. Spiral. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, with it, it's an energy drain and it's, it's a sacrifice. It's like a price of admission. So if you do that and it completely depletes you and drains you, your chance of doing the thing that is your highest best use is, is removed as well because you you feel so flattened. So if you were doing that and then you were supposed to do a sales call, then you may not do the calls because you just feel so dead. It's like an iPhone battery on yeah. 1% and you're like, you, you, you can't even get in the zone to do the thing that you're usually great at because you've been so drained. Yeah. Yeah. And actually my, my favorite example is sort of the yearly taxes, right? Because it's one of those things that every year all people is like, okay, Next year, I'm going to do it earlier. I'm going to do it ahead of time. <laughs> and I put in this calendar reminder like a month before it's supposed to be done. And I've seen it so many times. They just keep moving the reminder. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And it's not the actual, like when they sit down and do it, it doesn't take that long. So it's not just that energy, but it's all the time they spend thinking about it and like draining them. like, oh, shit, I have to do the taxes. I have to. And, and they, they are. They, they always get them done, but the amount of energy and time they waste thinking about it is that's what's killing them. And most people don't see that time. Like they don't understand the cost that have to their actual performance. Right. hundred so, yeah. percent. Yeah. Excellent. It's just, I say it's like um, defragging your brain because what you just said there is like clutter on a hard drive, slowing down the system. Yep. So if you can do a defrag that all those little things that are like nagging and, and chewing a little bit of your memory bank, tearing a little bit of your, your brain power, we want to get that off your plate. Definitely. Right. Yeah. You're also a big fan of very good routines and so on. What's that all about? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you've read, there's a couple of books that are really great that helped with me for this. One was own the day by Aubrey Marcus. And another one um, is atomic habits. I can't remember the name of the author right now, but for me, I know hundred percent if I don't own the day, the day owns me. So it's the habits that I have in the morning that set me up for success. 
So getting up, I get up at 5am. I do, I've done 5am club for as long as I could remember because when I had my previous business, my phone was going nuts. Like even from 6.30 in the morning. It, now, if I, le- if I left my phone out of airplane mode, it goes crazy all night because my clients are all over the world. And if you are reactive, then it just screws your whole system. So really having a, a daily morning routine, like, okay, 5am, I get up. Mine is like down pat. So I get up as soon as the alarm goes off, no snooze. Walk out of my room, knock on my roommate's door to wake her up, walk to the kitchen, turn on the kettle that I'd already filled with water the night before, go back, make the bed, come back out, kettle's boiled, make the tea. Then we, then by that time, Candace is usually out of her room. We sit down and we do a personal development course together. And we, rather than doing it alone, which we don't have as much accountability or journaling on our own, we do it together and then we can probe each other as well. Then we do some exercise together and get a, we, she runs and I skateboard down to the coffee shop. Then we come back. And then by 6.30, we've done half of the stuff that we wanted to do for ourselves before we've even had to turn our phones on and get into the day. So having that morning routine and that, that structure really allows you to feel like you're on top like you, because you've already, you're already winning. And so you've already coming into the day with that mindset of winning. You've got done some exercise and things like that as well. So you're in higher spirits. You've got rid of your brain fog. There's just so many elements to that. Then what I've really found is I kind of went away from it and I'm, I'm coming back to it now. And I was looking at when I was at peak performance with my previous businesses, it, I had a weekday, like a workday routine, startup routine. And it's like, okay, I'm at my desk by whichever time I decide on whatever day. And I have my coffee. My to-do list was already done the night before. So I don't have to sit there trying to unpack my brain, which procrastinates. And then you get reactive again. Like I have the structure of like, this is how I get into the zone. For me, I have music go on. I I have my uh, oil diffuser. I have my cup of bulletproof. I open up my Trello board, which has my task of the day. So I don't have to freak out because the thinking's already being done and I can just get into the, the routine of it. So it's, it's, and th- that even comes down to how my desk is. Like I don't finish the day. This leads to the end of day routine. I don't finish my work day without putting all the shit on the to-do list, handing over anything I need to do to my assistant asking her to put on my Trello board anything that I missed for the day and making sure my workspace is clear and ready. Making sure if I'm going out the next day to meetings, I've already packed my bag or packed my equipment. And so when I wake up, I'm not in that whirlwind. So what's your end of workday routine that sets you up for success, but also helps your brain to be able to switch off? Because otherwise you go, oh yeah, end of work. And you know, we've all had like partners or friends or uh, family that are like, you're here, but you're not here because you're, you're not present because your brain's still spinning about all the shit you didn't do today and all the shit you got to do tomorrow. And there's anxiety and what what am I going to wear? I sorted that out. And it's like, you're all over the shop. So build into your end of day routine, how you finish the day to set yourself up for success the next day. Um, I have one other one other that I, um, that I do well trying to do, and I need to go back to is cause you know, off, I'm often the coaches like the mechanic whose car's blowing smoke, you know, all the things, but sometimes you uh, don't always do them. So I constantly have to be like, no, you have to get back into doing this, which is my night routine 
because I'm, uh, I'm terrible. I've got ADHD and I, if I'm bored, I default to work and I don't like to watch TV or anything like that. So I'll busy myself doing things and that that's not product, not, not great. Right. So I have to have an evening routine. So I've found the best way for me is to have a switch point and that's like have a shower at nine, nine thirty at night. And if I do that, I have to have my, everything else done. That's my brain going, okay, it's time to calm down. Now I put lavender into the diffusers, which is calming. I turn off the notifications and I either watch something that's going to distract my brain from thinking about work or read something or do a mind Valley quest um, that I listen to, which makes my brain not able to think about the tasks. And then that allows me to get into sleep because otherwise I'm not great at sleeping. Yeah. I, I, I like that. There's a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of useful behaviors. I, I think so by nature, I'm totally opposite to you. So I am, I am a habit creature by nature. And if I don't have it and I have it, I don't do it. So like I go to the gym seven days a week because I can't just go three days. Like I either do it or I don't, but I, 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 I can't not have it as a habit. Right. Um, but I, I mean, so right now I live in Asia, which have been a little bit challenging for me because quite often I do some calls relatively late at night. And I, I used to have a morning routine when I lived in, in Europe where I would get up at 4.30 every morning and go running and so on. And that, that, that have been a little bit difficult based on where my clients is based when, I, when I'm in Asia. But uh, yeah, the, the key thing for me have always been the, the part of the routine where I call it let yourself get interrupted. So, I mean, just like yourself, I don't like watching TV because you're not in control, right? Like most people sit down in front of the TV and they just get shit thrown at them. And even though they have the remote, you know, you have all the ads, you have like, there's, there's a lot of stuff where people just end up watching, even yeah. though there's no purpose. And, and often they end up just sitting to 2 a.m. in the morning and watching some whatever, right? Yeah. But uh, f for me, two key things for me, I, my weekly planning. So I basically, every Sunday, I basically plan out my whole week and I mm -hmm. find that to be really good. So unlike you, I, I don't necessarily do it in the end of every day, but I basically do it on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, but I've found that to be really, really good, right? Because I can, I can look at it high level wise from my priorities point of view and I can make sure, uh, like what I'm very keen on is when I say something is my priority, and I look at my calendar, basically majority of my time have to fit that. So if I'm saying yeah. right now, 80, like my focus is marketing. And if I yeah. go back and look at my calendar, 80, 70, 80% of what I schedule in my calendar for a week should be marketing related. And sometimes the challenge I had when I was looking at it on a daily basis was just maybe some things you don't want to do that's, you know, not uh, you have to do, but it's marketing related, not marketing related. And therefore, yeah. when you just look at it on a daily basis, that can be a bit difficult, right? So, but I found planning it out on a weekly basis really, really helped me. And what, what I found, so I, I basically do three work stints. So I basically have three slots every day where yeah. they're usually either an hour, an hour and a half, where I plan out a specific thing to do, right? Like here, I'm going to work on the strategy for this company or here, I'm going to you know work on a new email formula or whatever. Um, and that worked really, really well for me because it means I typically schedule about four, four and a half hours of, and I do that in the start of the week, right? But I, I 
with something very specific, high level, important stuff. And then the rest of the time I can deal with, you know, other things that come up and like emails and yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's worked really well for me, but I, I think our, our thinking around it is, is very much the same, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And that ideal week calendar that I was talking about, most of my clients, what they do is they iterate that each week on a, on a Sunday to suit the specific things, but it's things like knowing, okay, if you're, I've a couple of my clients say they do a lot of, um, they have to do a lot of phone calls and they know that they're Monday mornings. They're not so great on the phones because they're still a little bit shady from the weekend. So I'm like, so don't put in your calendar that you're going to do the calls and then be pissed off at yourself that you don't do them. Do the calls in the afternoon. Like, and so their calendar is scheduled. Like you said, I like the 90 minute blocks for the sprint. Um, for me, I, because I usually, I have so much delivery time. Like I can be on zoom for nine hours a day straight. So I normally only have one hour blocks for myself of other stuff to do. Cause it's just, yeah. Trying to, trying to fit them in otherwise. Yeah. It's very rare. I got 90 minutes to my, to that. I'm not talking at the, uh, someone through the computer <laughs> that i mean what one of the best things i did so i, I I've, I've done my coaching for about seven years now and one of the best things i did for myself was actually basically plan in that i would never spend more than 20 percent of my time coaching yeah uh, and I, I did that because i'd had a bunch of coaches when i was going through management that were full-time management coaches and yeah. i always felt best with the people who were actually practicing what they preached right yeah and that was why i did that in the beginning and i said you know maximum 20 percent now obviously i also do podcasts and things like that but but really helped me sort of somehow minimize the amount of time that i spent uh, just talking have definitely been a yeah. huge benefit for me right because else i could definitely be in a similar situation where i would just spend you know six seven eight hours every day just being on zoom yeah. or on whatever i because I have my team all over the world, though, I rather than um, rather than just messaging or anything, ever, like I literally just before this, I've been on for an hour and a bit with my assistant. So we yep. jump on a Zoom call and I go through that with my copywriter. I'll jump on with her. I was talking to my um, social media guys uh, at 7.30 this morning. We do that via Zoom. So I yep. try to act. I, I want to see the people that I'm working with and my team as much as possible. And I think that's a really big thing for people that have got virtual teams that they, they miss and they wonder why people don't get it or they're not as engaged or like they, cause they're treating them as if they're just some sort of robot on the other end of a keyboard. And the minute you can get face to face with, with your team, no matter where they are, especially everyone during COVID and lockdown, like most of them can't see each other. Yeah. on Mike, any client calls that I have to do um, or supplier calls, anything I do it on a video call. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And, and what, what I always teach is that sort of the importance of one-to-one and actually having not just business conversation, but also having actually conversations with people about, you know, how is life? How are you as a human being? And not just, Oh, did you get this done? And did you get that done? And, you know, it, no, it very quickly become um, just work. Yeah. No, I talked to my assistant's daughter, Zia. Um, like she jumps on every, nearly every day. We have a little chat. Um, sometimes we have lunch together. Um, she, she always wants to know what I'm having for lunch. And we sit and chat. And 
Um, well, she sh- tells me what her next little, she's only seven, her vlog is going to be, what her next blog, vlog is going to be. And I think that just makes, I think it's our duty as business owners to make the lives of our employees happy and to, and, and it's a benefit to us. I say that happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability. So it's our duty to make it exciting and fun. And uh, I want them to wake up every morning dying to, to go to work with us rather than dying. Dying to to because work. they have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Excellent. You also have a 90 day plan. What's that all yeah. about? Okay. So what, and I'm, I'm, I'm iterating this a little bit at the moment. Um, I'm still, I'm still um, sharing the 90 day plan with people um, because some people it's too far for them to think, Oh, six weeks is too short. But we're with a lot of my clients, actually, I've just run an intensive. Uh, I had a bunch of my clients fly in even during COVID. We're lucky our borders going into lockdown and we did an intensive for the last few days. Uh, building out their next six-week plans. But the 90-day plan, the the premises of it, have you heard of the book 12-week year? No, I have not. No. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a great book. And this, this was one of the uh, instigators for this. So many people overestimate what they can do in 12 months and underestimate what can be done in 12 weeks. Because often if we set a goal for 12 months, we can procrastinate and we just keep putting things back. It's like, oh yeah, I'll get to it. Oh, it's January. Oh yeah. I don't, I'm not doing like, as long as I get it done by December and then next minute it's July and you haven't even started and you're not even going to get close. So the time frame uh, is a bit long and you don't, you're not iterating. I don't think in a business fast enough if you're doing things over that length of time. So what we do is bring things down to quarters, 90 days, Um, 90 days allows you to be really specific, but also to look at what worked and what didn't work and iterate and therefore be able to make the the progress so much quicker because instead of doing say a review or looking at something over 12 months and then having another 12 months to, to make changes, if you're up leveling every quarter, can you imagine what that does for your business? Can you imagine what that does for you? Um, And having it managed, like you can't, project manage things out for a 12 month period of time, like trying to set the milestones every week for 12 weeks for 12 months to be able to achieve a big picture is it's just never, you're never going to plan it. It's never going to happen. Shit's going to happen. So, but 12 weeks and now even six weeks, you are able to set those milestones and think about a project in, in sequential order, like what, um, like what project pro, uh, uh, product development people do in technology. And, and, and running Scrum and it's like, okay, cool. What needs to be done in what order and what week are we going to hold ourselves to account to be able to do that? And then where are our checks and measures to be able to iterate to increase like the, the likelihood of success or even take things through the roof or fix something that's kind of before it's too late. Yeah. So the 90-day plan, I build it, I've, I offer it as a Trello board Um, so I actually will give it to all of your listeners as well. Uh, I've made a template that they can just jump on and download. You could recreate it in Asana or Monday or any other project management tool. Once you know what's on it, if you wanted to, um, but it really goes through every element. Like the, what's the purpose of the plan? Why are you doing it? What's the, what's, 
reminding you of, and not only you, but your team of what you're working towards all the things about the marketing going there as well. Like who's the, the avatar that you're working with? What's your financial objectives? Like what, what are the measurables? What are the learning objectives? What do you need to learn and how do you need to grow? Not just you, but the team to be able to deliver the plan. Um, so what have we got? Learning to financial objectives, learning objectives, um, development objectives, what needs to be created to be able to see this plan through and the team that's involved and the marketing strategy or it might be uh, an operational strategy. What is it that needs to be built into it? And then setting the lead and lag measures to be able to measure the success of the project. And by doing it in one of these project management tools, you can easily assign the tasks to whoever needs to do it. And you can move it then like Scrum. Like we said, are you you're familiar with the Scrum? I'm very familiar with Scrum. Yep. So like Scrum, you would then move those tactics into play for, um, you know, doing, done, or in review so that the whole team is across it and it's not like constantly having to wait for a meeting, having a meeting for the sake of fucking meeting. Like, let's just... Yep. So it's just a really super simple way to action a business plan and do it in a bite-sized piece. Yeah, I mean, it, one of the key things, and, and I mean, you, you don't just need to do this for Scrum, right? But what, one of the key things when I work with people I always tell them that a task is never completed before the next person in the chain knows that it has been completed. So if you're completing a piece of work for me, that piece of work is not done when you've done it. It's done when I know that it has been done. <laughs> when it's been picked up by the next person. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, sometimes there might not be a next person to pick it up. Maybe that's just finished. But the, the point is whoever you're doing it for or whatever, you know, that person still needs to know that it has been completed. Just completing it is not enough, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's where you end up with the dead time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, that sounds, uh, that sounds super interesting. And, and where can people download that? So just on um, my website, so www.jadegreen.com.au forward slash 90 day. That sounds fantastic, Jade. Anything else that you think we should talk about before we finish up? Oh, I think the, just the, really the importance of um, business owners filling their cup and making the time to, to look after their mental and their physical health. We forget like we get so busy on the hamster wheel and we say we don't have time for these things, but we actually, by slowing down, you can speed things up because we know like, and you, you by doing sprints, you know, that, that doing, trying to be a, um, a multitasker, it doesn't actually work. And it's the same thing I feel with your mental health and your physical health. If you're constantly just trying to be a tasker doing all the things, nothing's going to get done as productively as if you stepped back, got yourself in peak performance, got your brain working at the most uh, creative, creative level and yep. the, the fastest level possible. And the only way to do that is by filling your cup. So whether that be via meditation for me, going surfing by doing some exercise um, by taking the time for you and having that shut down, that is the best bit part, the best yep. thing for your so right now, so I've given you the 90 day plan. And as I said, I'm just now reworking this with my clients and it takes just a little bit more structure than just being able to download this. It's like the next level version, but we're working the six week sprint in terms of the projects that we're doing that build out the bigger plan. But then we have a two week 
Um, well, the first week is about reflection and just downtime. And it's all about making sure that we fill our cups and that you are, you're taking some time for yourself. Then the, the, so that's the seventh week. The eighth week is build the plan because trying to build the plan and deliver the plan in one week doesn't happen because then it's like we start running before we've put the system in place. So really that two week in between the cycle is about, okay, re look at what worked and what didn't work, create the next plan, but have the space to re-energize, refuel, to have a bit of a holiday, to take you know a couple of days off because when you do that, that's when you go into the next level and that's how you can 10X your business because you're coming at it from a space of overflow rather than fully depleted. Yep, I totally agree with that. I like that mindset, so that is fantastic. Excellent. Well, Jade, it has been awesome to talk with you here today. Uh, I really hope the audience got a lot out of it. If they're eager to contact you, what's the best way to get hold of you normally? Yeah, so depending on what platform they're on, I have the same social media handle across all platforms. So for LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, I'm just Jade Green AU. The AU stands for Australia. <laughs> so Jade yep. Green AU. Um, you can hit me on any of those channels. Or if you just swing by my um, landing page, jadegreen.com.au, there's like a little contact form and you can just shoot us a message. Awesome. Thank you very, very much for joining. It was fantastic to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. And for the audience, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.